It's your old chuckle buddy. Kiss you. Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent October 16th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Get your shoe shined up, boy. Boy, ooh, I'm gonna run you ragged, boy. Gonna make you sweat. Gonna make you earn every drop today, boy. Boy! That's my rotting crop, boy! How the hell are you, folks? Fucking 3.15 in the a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's go! If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, if you are new to the show, I am an actor extraordinaire. 18 years of service, diploma in theater arts. I'm operating now um, on a pretty good level, feeling good, doing the podcast. Hey, that ain't nothing to sniff about. Uh, I uh, Podcasts are near and dear to me. They're a great outlet for anybody doing anything and wants to draw attention to it, right? Whatever you do, I mean... Yes, it's a great outlet for anybody doing something, wanting to draw attention to it. Like, let's say you're a carpenter and you want to do a carpentry podcast. Could it hurt? Probably not. It could be a benefit if you're like a carpenter and you have microphone skills and you want to get on the mic and talk about chainsaws and, you know, I don't know, building birdhouses, whatever the fuck it is you guys do. Well, I know exactly what it is you do. I was a construction laborer for years, cleaning up after those assholes with a vacuum. Oh, I think they're so smug and everything. Oh, 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 look at him. He's a laborer. He doesn't know anything. Little do they know. I was an actor with a podcast. So that's what it is. It's a great way for you to bring attention to what you do. So um, uh, that's amongst the things that I'm doing right now. And, um, you know, it's nothing to sniff at is what I'm saying because uh, it's not easy to do. I was watching a podcast, uh, a vodcast, podcast vodcast. Uh, I was watching it on YouTube yesterday, a podcast, uh, a series of podcasts that I like. And one of the hosts was talking about how anybody can do a podcast these days. And it's like, actually, no, <laughs> I consider myself pretty good at doing this and, uh, you know, considerably better than average. And it's actually quite difficult. Time management energy levels, consistency, flow, subject matter, things of that nature, isn't exactly easy to spin, right? So, um, you know, as an actor, I'm doing the podcast, um, I'm working on goals in my career, um, you know, some very interesting ones actually to be talked about next episode, if all goes well. I don't like to speak ahead of turn, I don't like to get too far ahead. But my goals are um, long-term to medium at the moment. I got a lot of like uh, mid-range, you know, within the next couple months. Actually, within the, the this week, actually. So it's like, um, you know, I got, like when I say, you know, a lot of medium-sized goals and shit is what I'm saying. I'm just waking up too, by the way. So would you please calm down? So I got a lot of these goals that are kind of like today, tomorrow, within the next couple months. And then I got goals that are like, you know, a year, couple years down the line. And they're all within that 
if they're all within a fairly, you know, tangible time frame. And, you know, what I'm trying to do right now is operate on a don't call us, we'll call you basis. That's like the number one rule of showbiz, or you hear that. Everybody's heard that. Don't call us, we'll call you. That's kind of like an actor thing, because it's like, you know, actors, you know, you have to be ambitious. You got to knock on doors, get up, squawk, talk shit, get the job, right? But one of the sayings in the industry is, don't call us, we'll call you. Hey, no problem. That's the way I'm operating these days. I put my stuff out online. I put myself out there. I poke I poke my head around, make my little inquiries. But I'm basically operating on that uh, model. If you want a slice of this, holla at me. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. You want to hire me? You want to put my ass to work? You want to do this? You want to do that? Hit me up. Make me an offer. But um, And if, you know, if I can do it, I can do it. But my days of like... Um, Hello, Jonathan Ramtran, actor, please take pity on me. Good morning, hello. Like, those days are done. I don't give a bumba clot, blood clot, fuck. Like, I'm not asking nothing from nobody, not trying to do nothing, not trying to pop into a window. Hey, it's me. I'm not trying to do none of that shit. Um, I'm just doing my thing and, um, you know, feeling grateful for it. So there you have it. Jonathan Ramtran actor i am also an alcoholic oh no yes 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 two years and 11 months of sobriety if you do need recovery in your life ladies and gentlemen please consider maybe a 12-step program that's what i did this is uh nothing official no sign up no dues no fees no um god you know nothing personal other than to Show up to these meetings throughout the week. Get involved with a community of people practicing various steps of recovery. Recovery, Staying sober. Day by day, your days add up. Then one day you find yourself in a new day. The birds are singing. You feel amazing. And um, the biggest cornerstone of recovery, in my opinion is um, acceptance. Yes, acceptance. Um, It's almost like that, uh, you know, moment of clarity. You may have heard that term in a movie or something, right? I had a moment of clarity. Whatever the fuck it was, right? Acceptance. Um, If you can truly accept that condition... Of, um, you know, you're an alcoholic, you're an addict, you're whatever, whatever. If you can accept that, that can free you up for recovery and put that shit buried in the past. And that's where a lot of people have problems. The importance of acceptance. As I alluded to earlier, I'm a podcast junkie. I love watching podcasts, listening to podcasts, vodcasts, whatever you call them. I have one, and I don't even know what you call them. But whatever you call them, podcast, vodcast, blogcast, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm down for that community, obviously, right? So I was watching this podcast um, the other day, and the host 
the host was talking, you know, he was talking about how he may have that problem and he's worried about quitting drinking because he doesn't know if he can have fun anymore and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want, you know, he's he's afraid of the stigma of being called an alcoholic or he's afraid that it'll be miserable being sober. He's like, I don't know if I could get sober. I'd feel miserable or whatever. Or what if I feel bad? And, you know, I don't want to feel this way or feel that way. And he had like a celebrity, like life coach, guru, doctor, like had a celebrity type of guru, doctor talking to him. And the guy was saying, oh, well, yes, it's going to be hard and da-da-da and there's pain and blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. It's like, buddy, we're talking about alcoholism. It's the best thing you could possibly do is to get sober. Kick it right out of your life. If you're a true alcoholic, what do you mean you're worried that you're going to be miserable by getting sober? Like, hey, I don't want to be so judgmental, but I'm an alcoholic. I know what it's like to live an alcoholic lifestyle. It sucks. And the sooner, the better you get that shit out of your life. And I feel fucking great, you know, because the, the, the acceptance, you know, one of the first things they teach you in recovery is like, you have to accept that you're an alcoholic and that your life has become unmanageable. If you can accept that, like, and, and accept it, don't just say, okay, yeah, I'm an alcoholic and no, accept it means like you fully believe that that's the case. You've accepted it. Do I need to get a fucking dictionary? These aren't just words we toss around to toss them around. That's a, that's a part of getting sober too, is recovery. People say all sorts of shit in life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want this. I want that. And they're running around spinning their wheels with their fucking heads cut off like chickens. They're fucking dumbasses, the majority of people. Face it. Everybody's stupid. And they just say things for no fucking reason. Well, that's a real word and it has real meaning acceptance. I've accepted that I'm an alcoholic, meaning it doesn't fucking like I fully accept it. I'm just, I'm not I'm not just saying that to sound cute. It's the reality of my life. I'm an alcoholic. I've accepted that. And in my mind there is no way I can be anything else. There's no cure for alcoholism. There's only remittance, meaning you no longer drink and you live a sober life. And there's so much joy in that. And for me to even entertain, the, it's like a f- passing fancy. It's like a passing thought like, oh, what if I had a beer? Oh, ha, ha, he, ha, ha. oh wait a minute. I've accepted I'm an alcoholic and that would never, ever work. Because I'm not like your little friend at the fucking church picnic. You know, I'm not like your little buddies over at the fucking bar. <laughs> Let's have a few beers and go play ping pong. I want to get drunk for days by myself in a room. Chain smoke cigarettes, smoke weed, stare out the window, never talk to anybody. That's my idea of a fun uh, little drinking uh, escapade. I start drinking Tuesday. You're not going to see me till next month, you know, or whenever I surface. You know what I mean? Like, or if I surface. You know, it got to that point. So it's like, I've accepted. And that's such a major word in recovery, acceptance. And if you can truly accept 
that that's your situation and you're looking for change, then you have nothing to fear, worry about, or feel bad about because you're leaving a horrible situation. That's what you're doing. You've accepted that you're in a shitty position, your life is unmanageable, and you want to go forward into recovery. And from that moment on, your life can be joyous. You know? You could be a fuller realized version of yourself, whatever that means. And um, for me, that means acceptance. Acceptance of my alcoholism. And uh, through that, I'm learning how to accept myself more and more. And that's why I don't have to... Hello, it's me, Jonathan Ramtran, actor. Please hire me. I don't give a fuck. Hire me. Don't fucking hire me. I'm still going to do it. I got my podcast, vlogcast, whatever the fuck you call this thing. My goals and my sobriety. So what the fuck can anything affect me? What can affect me? What can bring me down? Nothing can bring me down. Well, that's not true. (laughs) Don't think there ain't moments of depression and regret. And, you know, oh my God, why was I drunk at graduation? The parents were so embarrassed. Why did I storm onto the stage and grab the microphone in front of my fucking 400 student graduating class and scream at the vice principal nobody cares you're boring shut the fuck up why did i get drunk and do that oh no why is it that you know every woman that's ever had a inkling of interest in me i've scared off with my strange habits and drunkenness oh why why at age 32 am i like of course there's regrets (laughs) But like, hey, at the most part, like, I've accepted that. See, and that's a part of acceptance. It's like, I've accepted all that baggage. And I've moved on with it. And, you know, I don't always feel the greatest thinking about it. But, you know, I live a sober life where I address these things. And I'm working to better myself. And I'm not hiding from monsters under the bed. I'm sleeping under the bed these days, just to make sure. So there you have it, Jonathan Ramcharan, alcoholic. I am also a janitor. Yeah. Um, What it does is it facilitates my acting. Um, Like any industry, you got to fund it. So, um, you know, I need a home so I can recharge, stay on my creativity. I need um, equipment, you know, cameras, those are expensive. Computer, software, that's expensive. Classes, courses, upgrading, if you should want to. A lot of that shit is scams, by the way. If you're a young performer and you're listening to this, don't get roped into what they tell you you have to do. Really suss it out, figure out where you can benefit from uh, a little bit of knowledge. Because, you know, to be honest with you, you don't need to take any course to be a um, performer. But if you do want to get training in certain areas, it could always help you. Well, you know, sometimes, actually, no, it can't always help you. Sometimes if you get into the wrong program and you're around the wrong people, it can give you a bad taste in the mouth, kind of make you insecure, whatever, but... Generally speaking, knowledge is always a good thing. So, yeah. But what I'm trying to say mainly is um, to my statement there, um, you need training. You don't need training to be a performer. You need experience. And um, But hey, to each their own. 
Um, that's what these daytime gigs afford me, this daytime hustle as a janitor. The option for training, um, like I mentioned, the home recovery time. Uh, and um, it's blessed. I go do that. My hours are simple, 7.30 to, uh, what is it, 7.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon. Then I'm off and I'm home working on podcasts, working out, playing bass guitar, keeping focused on my goals, and uh, just living a normal life. And uh, that's what is uh, going on with me at the moment as a janitor. I push my little mop bucket every day. I dunk it in the water. Then I mop the floor. You know, washing windows. Fuck, I was washing windows like an asshole yesterday. Washing windows. Um, You know, pushing a garbage trolley. And, um, you know, it's bringing me closer to my goals. Because, um, you know... uh, in the performing world, there's a lot of um, crossover between, um, you know, independent, indie, heartfelt, uh, independent projects. Then there's professionalism. And sometimes professionalism just is the difference between wearing a shirt with no collar and wearing a fucking bow tie. Sometimes that's just the difference. And, you know, if you want to go professional, sometimes it's about putting on that fucking bow tie. And that's where the extra cha-ching comes into place, right? So it's all about window dressing, you know? Oh, look at that. So sometimes you got to put that picture frame on. You got to put on the bow tie, the silk stockings, the je ne sais quoi, slap on some lipstick, right? Yeah, you can't always put lipstick on a pig and think it's going to look cute. But, like, you know... It's that idea of framing your work in a beautiful um, package. And that's where the ka-ching comes in, right? So, um, hey, that's what I'm rocking with at the moment. Janitor, happy for the hustle, and uh, not thinking too much about it. Um, Everything I do on this podcast, I think, is relatable to um, most people. I don't see myself as any different than anybody. Well, that's not exactly true. I think, like I mentioned, I think there are a lot of stupid people out there. There are a lot of annoying, dumb motherfuckers. Um, I'm pretty easily annoyed. But that being said, it's not because I'm above you or anything. It's just that sometimes, you know, I've lived a life of obnoxiousness, drunkenness, stupidity. And now my life is quiet and calm. And when I come into contact with people that aren't calm and they're anxious and they're stupid, it really fucking turns me off. So that's just where my little judgment gets into place. And uh, But generally speaking, um, you know, I live a calm life of a sober janitor and uh, I'm very blessed to do so at the moment. So there you have it. Jonathan Ramcharan, janitor. And last of all, I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Um, whatever. Yeah, as an addendum. Last episode, I mentioned that I was a stand-up comic for 11 years. Uh, I'm actually coming to the end of my 10th year as a stand-up comic. So in December, I'll be going into my 11th year. So I'm really at the end of my 10th year. And technically, I started stand-up comedy um, 
even before that, I, uh, I, I'd done, I had done it in uh, college briefly, and I didn't even know I was doing it. It was just like a part of a acting assignment when I was in college to do like a one-man show, and which is basically stand-up comedy, one-man, one-woman show. Like you stand up there with a bunch of shit that you wrote, and you talk, you know? So it's more or less the same thing. But I count my beginning of comedy, and that's debatable. Sometimes comics say, you know, why don't you just count it from the first time you ever did it? Well, I count it from when it was first in my head to seek out. And it was first in my head to seek out December 7th, 20, 2008, I believe. Yeah. I don't fucking know. It's too early for me to give a fuck counting math and shit like that. So yeah, like, yeah, 2008, December 2008. So that would make it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And um, December 7th, 2008. First time I went on stage at an open mic. Having having, uh, bumped and scraped my way throughout Toronto for about a year and a half as a failed actor. Trying to get acting work. Well, you can never really fail as an actor as long as you don't quit. But, um, and even if you do quit, fuck them. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, here I am. 11 years coming up. A stand-up comedian. At the end, end of my 10th year. And, you know, I think about it, you know. All I ever wanted was the ideal community. Utopia. Um, I remember one thing that really sparked my interest, tickled my fancy, was in theater school, we were reading about this famous playwright from like, uh, I guess the early 1900s. And he was talking about how... Um, during the time when he was in his formative years, he developed this little community of artists, musicians, painters, this, that, and the other. They were kind of communal. They put on these little productions. They lived very bohemian-like. They were brothers and sisters. They were in a pursuit of a higher calling. They were in the pursuit of their art. And they were all very much um, somewhat a family in the creative process. And I always sought that out as a comedian, as an actor, a utopia. You want to be around those type of people. Well, due to the nature of who I am, I haven't always been the best, right? I've been obnoxious, drunk, nothing too unfounded in the performing arts. I mean, if you had any sense of balls back in the day and you were drinking with me, you probably had a lot of fun. But there's a lot of pussies, whiners, bedwetters that couldn't hang, you know, just real fucking desperate anxious types that, you know, they were just fucking bedwetters, they, you know, untalented, bitchy, whiny morons. Oh, Jonathan's rude and obnoxious. Uh, well, I'm having fun, fuckhead. I'm a fucking stand-up comedian. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be drunk and high all the time, all right? I'm just doing my job, I'm trying to figure this fucking thing out, all right? You ever sit and stare at a notebook for fucking two hours? It's a fucking nightmare. You had to have a couple drinks, smoke a joint, loosen up a bit, throw on some tunes, you know, whatever, right? Scream at the waitress, you know? You had to do something, right? Get the fucking juices flowing, you know? Throw a quarter in the jukebox, have a little fucking fun, right? Anyways, 
I've always sought out this fucking community. And <clears throat> like I said, I hadn't always been the best well-behaved. But then again, I wasn't the worst and I never did anything unforgivable. And I think about it, it was like a fool's paradise. A utopia. Because, you know, Canada is not like the United States. First of all, since my last knowledge of immigration, you can't just walk up and leave to the United States. Hollywood. The mecca of um, performing. Right? If you want to be a fucking legitimate performer, you go to Hollywood. Or Bollywood. Aside from that, nobody's doing dick. What, I'm going to be on the fucking CBC? Oh, great. I could be on a fucking publicly funded broadcast network, do some fucking tepid, horrible, tasteless fucking comedy that nobody watches. You fucking kidding me? Some fucking Dr. Seuss mother goose cat in the hat fake ass fucking CBC fucking programming. Nobody watches that horseshit. Give me a fucking break. It's Hollywood. So if you're a Canadian performer, you're already at a disadvantage. You can't just move to Hollywood. You can't move to Bollywood or you don't want to move to Bollywood. <clears throat> and, you know, you're in this industry of people that are fucking desperate and um, if the CBC is listening to this and wants to cancel my future fucking dealings with you guys, fuck you. Because you create this fucking environment of desperation and the haves and the have-nots. You're fucking complicit in this affair as well. You know, it's a basically a closed-door system. And that's what I'm saying when I go, like, I operate on a don't call us, we'll call you philosophy because i've been banging on doors hello i'm talented and funny funnier than the average fucking moron you meet what's going on how come you don't want me hello jonathan ramtran here what do i gotta do suck a dick huh what huh want me to put on a pair of trousers and um you know loosen up my blackness like what do you want me to do and it's like i have no fucking clue other than um the utopia that i had wanted the utopia that I had mentioned with like these performers um, in the earlier 1900s, like I mentioned, that performer, that playwright in the 1900s, early 1900s, and that communal aspect. It's a, uh, it's a fool's paradise. It's a utopia. Because, you know, I've tried to break into those scenes. They don't want me. I've tried creating them, like I've produced shows, um, welcome people with open arms, you don't, you don't have to suck my dick, you don't have to kiss my ass, jump through a fucking hoop, if you want to be on my show, just come do my show, people meet you with arrogance and fucking envy and jealousy and blah blah blah, and um, I actually had a story prepared about a dealing of such, but it's like I'm feeling in the moment, who cares? Basically, what I'm doing is I want to work with people who want to work with people. I'm a fucking politician now. I'm a fucking tradesman journeyman now. Where it's like, there's the work and everything else can suck a dick. I just want to do the work. I want to work with cool people. I want to work with people who want to work with people. Anybody who wants to give me a shout, hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. If it's a possibility, it's a possibility. Aside from that, I'm not banging on any doors. Shelter. Shelter. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. <laughs>
to treat me like the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame. Sanctuary, sanctuary. You know? So I ain't fucking clocking on no doors, knocking on no doors, asking no fucking favors from nobody. Suck a dick. Um, I want to work with people who want to work with people. I don't want no fucking, if you, fucking losers. Like, I don't want no fucking attitudes, no fucking bullshit. And, um, you know, it's coming across harsh, but hey, those are harsh words of uh, wisdom. You know, if you can call it that. So there you have it. Jonathan Ramcharan. Actor. Alcoholic. Janitor. Stand-up comedian. So, welcome to the show. Yes, and we are on the, uh, we are at the, uh, I don't know, we're, we've just come off of a uh, holiday weekend. Now check it, um, holiday weekends are always great, you get the time off to, um, you know, do what you want, it was Thanksgiving, and actually it was quite a nice little break I took, you know, as you can tell in my voice, um, you know, Fun part of spitballing and improvising these podcasts is, you know, you kind of get a sense of where you're at just when you start talking. And I can see that I'm feeling a little bit angsty and this and that. Um, I always try to keep myself positive because, like anybody, it's easy to get negative. Um, Holidays are always a little difficult. But this this actual past holiday was pretty damn good. I just stayed focused, um, worked on a bunch of stuff for the podcast, worked on the comedy stuff, and, um, you know, it's the old school way of just sitting down and writing. So I went to the library. I uh, went to the library a few times this long. I was actually on an, an extended holiday because um, the blessing of being a janitor is part of the contract is we get these things called floating days. Ironically enough, you ever see a floater in a fucking toilet? <laughs> but we had a floating day, and um, I had I had a floating day that I that I um, that I coupled up with the long weekend. So I had four days off in a row, and um, it was blessed. I went to the fucking library, drinking fucking cappuccinos, writing on my laptop, reading books, you know, working on my craft, and. Uh, yeah, I was boring as fuck at times, hard, keep my eyes open. But like, you know, it's just the work you do as a performer. And um, I'm hunkered down. I'm reading a couple things that I think I might want to kind of use on the podcast and getting my little duckies in the row for some of my um, upcoming acting, uh, uh, I guess, opportunities that I'll be filling you in, in on as soon as I can. But holy fuck. Some people are just above the law. You've been to a library before, right? Why is it some people just refuse to play by the rules? Why is that? Are you above the law? So I'm sitting there, I'm drinking a coffee. Got my laptop out, laptop out thinking, yeah, you know. You know, what should I write about? Whatever. All of a sudden, I hear in the corner of my ear, to the right of me, I hear like, Yeah, so that's just what I've been thinking. Like, um, 
you know, moving forward in this process, I'm really trying to reevaluate like my next move and my goals. Well, I got my goals. It sounds like me, basically. It's just some fucking idiot talking about their goals and shit. But still, for fuck's sakes, I do it on a podcast. I don't do it at a fucking library. What's the number one rule at a library? Everybody fucking knows it. Shh. Fucking bozo, fucking bonehead over there. Um, you know, um, you know, I've just been really thinking about my goals and where I want to go in the next couple of years and blah, 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 having this fucking conversation. I'm like, oh my God, my ears are bleeding. So I'm just sitting there. My fucking eyebrows are like, I'm, I'm fucking pissed. Anybody could see that. Not really. I'm hamming it up here for the podcast. I was like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm easily annoyed. And I was first, I started looking around. I'm like. Am I the only one annoyed by this? Because everybody just seemed to be just like honky-dory with it. I'm like, oh my God. Like, there's a reason. I came for the refuge of silence. I came to the library today for the refuge of silence. If I wanted to hear some bonehead, moronic fucking crosstalk, I would have sat at a fucking Tim Hortons listening to somebody complain about bagels. Oh, actually, no, I asked for peanut butter on my bagel and you fucking put jizz. What are you doing? You call this a bagel? <laughs> if I wanted to hear that horse shit, I would have went and sat at Tim Hortons. I would have went and sat on the fucking curb. I came for the refuge of silence. It's a library. Everybody knows the fucking rules. Shh. Why are you tormenting me like this on Thanksgiving? On Thanksgiving of all fucking days. Just trying to have a little fucking pumpkin latte and enjoy my goddamn fucking silence. So I, I'm fucking sitting there. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to kill somebody. I'm t- I felt like fucking Robert De Niro in Raging Bull when he's talking to his brother. When he, when he finds, like, you know, he's suspicious of his, of his wife cheating on him. He goes... You know, I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you, Joey. I've been hearing some things, and I'm, I'm gonna kill somebody. I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> I was sitting there like, I'm gonna fucking snap. I'm gonna fucking snap. Just wanted a little bit of fucking silence at the library. Is that too much to fucking ask? What are you above the law? So, I just like, oh my god. So I, I just. I get up, put all my shit in the knapsack, and I fuck off. I go upstairs. I go off to a different level, and I sit down. There's multiple levels at the library if you've ever been to the Toronto Reference Library. Beautiful architecture done by some uh, fetching Japanese guy. I read about him. Some Japanese architect in the 1970s designed uh, the Toronto Reference Library. It's a fucking work of art. If you ever get a chance to, five floors, very Art Nouveau, Deco, whatever the fuck. I read about this fucking uh, Japanese dude designed the library. So, you know, I take my librarying. I got a library card, the whole fucking spiel, the whole bit. So I take my librarying, my library-ish, my librarying. I take it very seriously. When some fucking bozos fucking talking and shit, it really fucking pinches a nerve, you know? Anyway. I just wondered, like, what the fuck? Like, what, what goes through a person's head? That's what's such the problem in the world these days where everybody needs more. That's why people are so... I find one of the problems in society is everybody needs a little more than the average person. Everybody's always trying to inch a little bit extra, sneak a little bit extra. That's why I think communism has a point. 
I'm no communist. Um, I'm a liberal. You can call me even like a social democrat. Um, I ain't no fucking communist, but... You know, they make a good point. Everyone equal. Everybody under the same umbrella. Because some people just need more. And that's where people get frustrated. Like, does this fucking retard not understand that, yo, you're not the only one in the universe, shithead. And see how poignant what I'm saying is? It's not just that I'm complaining and whining. It's just like, I break it down like that. It's like, who the fuck are you to walk into a library? Open your fucking mouth. Start blabbing about your fucking life. You know, um, what my goals are and what I want for the future and bubbly boo da diddly duh. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Did you go to that? Did you see that? Who are you to do that? What about you is so special that you need to negate the rules, interject into everybody's life with your fucking nonsense? Don't you notice that everybody else is dead silent? Can't you see that everybody else is silent? And do you know why? They're at the library. Shh. Anyway. But I didn't let it, I didn't let it ruin my day. I just, you know, and have you know, I don't know if you've ever been to the public library lately. It's getting terrible, man. Like Hey, yo, like like part of my blessing for this Thanksgiving is um, you know, Thanksgiving is always a reminder for me that um I was homeless. 2011. October 2011 to February 2012, I lived in a men's shelter. And those were some dark times for the empire. I mean, those were some fucked up times for me. I was drunk high. I even mentioned it. I was on MDMA a couple times. Like, I only did MDMA like once or twice. But I was on it a couple times at a men's shelter, drunk high, the whole spiel, the whole smorgasbord. And it's always a reminder during October. Because I remember, like, I was in men's shelter fucking Thanksgiving, basically. 2011 and uh thanksgiving always reminds me of that time you know i've always had some pretty fall the fall always the fall unfortunately as much as i love it always brings back some bad memories just some shitty memories in my life have always happened in fall but i don't live in those memories but you know it always reminds me of the gratitude because um you know I was homeless at that point, and, uh, you know, it's a fucking nightmare. If you ever lived in a men's shelter, I'm talking, like, 15 men to a room on cots. People screaming in the night. People scratching. People scratching from the bed bugs. Bed bugs, bed bugs. Bed bugs biting you alive, scratching. Ah, you wake up, your face is swollen with bed bug bites. Yeah, bed bugs, you know. Shit covered toilets, piss and shit everywhere in the fucking bathroom. Drug addicts, alcoholics, mental patients. There was this mental patient that um, I used to hand out newspapers, right? In Dundas Square. You know, like the free Toronto. 24-hour metro star whatever those free news rags i used to hand out those newspapers in dundas square there was this like homeless mental dude who lived in the alley and he would bumble around and mutter to himself i was like wow what's with that guy real fucking weirdo well when i became homeless guess he was my next door neighbor 
<laughs> that fucking mental patient. Sleeping next to me in a room. Fifteen men wedged into a room. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I think back to that October sometimes. 2011. Thank God I don't fucking live in that world anymore. But, um, you know. So I've been to that place and I understand the pain and diddly do and doubly da. But fucking man, what the fuck is going on with libraries these days? And homeless people. They just live at the library. And they like wander around muttering to themselves and swearing. This one guy just erupted in this fucking yelling fit. He's like, fuck you, 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 fuck you. He's just screaming fuck you to nobody. Then he leaves. And it's like, wow. Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was just a bunch of that kind of nonsense going on at the library and, you know, I even saw a guy piss into a fucking wastebasket once, a recycle bin, (laughs) ironically enough. I'm like, I didn't know you could recycle bodily fluids. He just pissed into a fucking uh, recycling bin, pulled his cock out, pissed into a library recycle bin, the librarian screaming, "Ah, oh my God, ah!" poor woman, right? So, you know, libraries, Thanksgiving, homelessness. It's always a time of reflection for me, I would say. But, um, you know, that's why this past Thanksgiving was very, um, another great one. Another great one in my heart to remember where I'm going and my goals. Thanksgiving, you know. I mentioned before the word acceptance isn't a word to take lightly. Acceptance, I mentioned earlier, is a word not to be taken lightly, and neither is thanksgiving. Giving thanks. You know? Do you, you know, we just say it, but you know, it's like, no, I thank. I thank my higher power that I never got caught in the world of the street life. Homelessness. I didn't get caught into it. Some people fall into a cycle of homelessness and they remain there forever. And luckily I had my marbles together enough where it's like, yo, man, get to saving money, get to trying whatever the fuck you can to get out of this situation. And luckily I was able to. Um, So it's always a reminder for me. And that's why I give thanks. (laughs) Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm going to talk about a few uh, things here in the news. Justin Trudeau. Yes. Uh, Trudeau took unprecedented, unprecedented step by wearing bulletproof vest. Whoa. This is a news article from this past weekend. Posted October 13th, 2019, on the uh, CBC News website. All right. What do we got here? 
Liberal leader Justin Trudeau took an unprecedented step by wearing a bulletproof vest at a campaign rally in response to a security threat, say two veteran RCMP sources. The sources, who are familiar with the operations of the Prime Minister's personal security detail, told CBC News they've been they've seen leaders wear body armor in other countries, but not Canada. It's also unprecedented to have a heavily armed tactical team in plain sight around Trudeau, they said. Normally, those highly trained RCMP members are convert, covert, converse, sketchers, not out in the open, not out in the open at campaign events, the sources said. So yeah, Trudeau was wearing a bulletproof vest, Prime Minister Trudeau. Hmm. That made me sad to hear, because it's like, coming into this election season, and you know, that's the side of public office that we don't, that we take for granted. These elected officials, I mean, do they really serve the people? That's debatable. They say they do. They say they're here to serve us. And if they are making a difference, because to be honest with you, as I mentioned, um, you heard some of my story there. I'm a little bit, I'm easily annoyed, like I'll punch you out for talking at a library. I'm not a violent person. I'm talking like a tough guy. I haven't been in a fight in God knows when. But like I'm that annoyed by people just at the library. How would I ever be prime minister to go around talking to different communities? What's going on with your drinking water? What's going on with your um, infrastructure? How is this community operating? Like I couldn't do that. I'm so annoyed. (laughs) So, you know, I was thinking about Trudeau. I'm like, oh man, is that the reality of his life? Every day he's got to fear for his life and put on a bulletproof vest. Like, you know, then you start to see the compassion for these fucking pundits, these fucking talking heads. It's like, wow, if they really are doing for the people and that's a part of their life, man, that's public service. That's tough. It was sad to hear. And to piggyback on that idea, fucking Trump, um... Good old Trump, never a fucking dull moment. Never a dull moment. Um, There's this news article. Um, Give me one moment here. Trump shown killing media and political opponents in parody video. Yes, a parody video was surfaced of Trump shown killing media and political opponents. It's a parody video. This is an article from cbc.ca as well, news. See, I love you, CBC. You know, let's work together. Put me in one of your fucking shows, please. Anyways, um, here we go. The White House Correspondents Association, WHCA, condemned on Sunday a video that depicted a fake image of fake news, fake news, a fake image of U.S. President Donald Trump slaughtering members of the news media shown at a gathering of his supporters. News of the video was first reported by the New York Times after someone who attended the gathering leaked a cell phone video of it to the newspaper. How do you leak a fucking video to a newspaper? (sighs) See, CBC, you guys are fucking morons. If you think you're smarter or better than me, you're fucking delusional. Just hire every comedian in this fucking country, CBC News, immediately. You guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. Well, fucking, you know, they leaked a cell phone video to the newspaper. What? (sighs) Fake news, fake news. 
The WHCA is horrified by a video reportedly shown over the weekend at a political conference organized by the president's supporters. Jonathan Carl, president of the association, said in a statement, All Americans should condemn this depiction of violence directed toward journalists and the president's political opponents. We have previously told the president his his rhetoric could incite violence. Now we call on him and everybody associated with this conference to denounce this video and affirm the violence has no place in society. So yeah, video was shown in the side room, the host says. The video shows Trump's head superimposed on a body of a man wearing a pinstriped suit opening fire at a church of fake news. (laughs) Church of fake news in quotes. Uh, With some parishioners' faces covered with logos of various news organizations, the Times reported. Uh... They have not obtained a copy of the video for review and had not been able to contact organizers of the event. But the political action group hosting the event, American Priority, said in a statement on Twitter that it had not been aware of the video and did not approve it. It has come to our attention that an unauthorized video was shown, the group said, adding that the video was shown in a side room. Yeah. So this is like a video of Trump, uh, a superimposed video of Trump, you know, mowing down these, uh, you know, inciting violence, basically, towards the media. And it's a parody video, and it was shown at the White House. (laughs) Yo! Like, uh... The White House Correspondents Association condemned the Sunday a video that depicted the fake image of U.S. President Donald Trump slaughtering members of the media shown at a gathering of his supporters. So actually, I'm actually kind of unclear if this video was shown at the White House or if it was shown at a gathering of supporters. But either way, it was an official gathering by the White House Correspondents Association and it was an official Trump gathering and this is the type of shit he's showing to um the american people that's the type of president that's the type of people in his circle oh my god the fucking collusion with russia the alleged collusion with russia in the election scandal the fucking grabbing women by the pussy all the fucking sex with porn stars and um uh what is it? Uh, misogynist, misogynistic shit dealings with women. The um, the Twitter banter, the disrespect internationally that he shows countries. Um, the fucking um, Mueller report, you know. Um, that fucking bullshit, fucking swept under the rug, nonsensical report about what happened with the Russian collusion. Who knows? Now the Ukraine thing surfaces. So he's now on deck for an impeachment. Then he shows this fucking um, video of <laughs> violence. And granted, like the article said, he didn't show it. It somehow surfaced amongst his supporters. This video of him... This parody video of him 
shooting members of the media. I don't know what the fuck, man. I mean, it's 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 comical. It's comical. At some point, I'm gonna have to do a recap and really, because I've been avoiding and avoiding and avoiding Trump. I have not been thinking about him. I like, you know, I, I I keep tabs in my mind. I read news articles in my mind. <laughs> I read news articles in my mind. I read these articles just to keep it in my mind and be aware of my times, but. It's just so fucking crazy that it's just cartoonish. It's like the type of behavior he does, you couldn't get away with if you were like a Burger King employee, you know? What if you were a Burger King employee and instead of fucking making a fucking onion ring, instead of grilling onion rings at the fucking deep fryer... You're fucking playing like, um, oh, check out this video of me uh, superimposed shooting up a fucking, uh, shooting up the fucking customers at Burger King. (laughs) Have it your way. You know? And it's like, what if you were fucking doing that? You would be fired immediately. Maybe even charges pressed on you. But everything that happens to this dude is just like Teflon Don. Grabbing bitches by the pussy. Colluding with Russia. You know? Bribing and, uh, you know, making allusions of grandeur to the Ukrainian prime uh, president. You know? To um, investigate his um, political rivals. You know? Twitter wars. Fucking inappropriate comment after comment. Uh, the guy is just—I don't know, man. It's—it's it's a very interesting time. I—I I mean, we're gonna look back on his presidency. It's gonna be one for the ages. <laughs> it's gonna be—it's a very interesting little show. But um, again, I try not to get all swept up in it. I don't know really what to think of him. I think he's a douchebag, just flatly put. (laughs) He's a douchebag that's like ballooned into mythic proportions. So, hmm. anyways, fake news. It's all a witch hunt. This is an egregious display of witch hunt and witchery. The phone call to Ukraine was perfect, okay? This is fake news, punditry at a whole new level. These are loser people. So what if I want to show a video of me masquerading massacring uh, the media. So what, all right? It's all a witch hunt, okay? Okay, fake news. Loser, winning. (laughs) Anyway, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Have you ever wanted to speak to me about Trump? Have you ever wanted to speak to me about the political times wearing vests, our dear old blue-eyed Trudeau? Hello, my name is Justin Trudeau, and I speak for you, Canada. And I will continue to. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think about these political times? They're very um, unsettling, dissettling, I don't know. But you know, at the end of it all, um, I'm thankful. Like I said, I had a beautiful Thanksgiving weekend. I made a frittata. Yeah, if you guys want to know how to make a frittata, 
You, um, you take a bowl, you crack eight eggs into the bowl, half a cup of water, chop up the vegetables that you want to put into it, even the fucking, uh, if you want to put meat into it, if you want to. I'm a pescatarian, so I didn't, I just, you know, I, I put in some chopped up mushrooms, some chopped up chives, some, you know, black olives, uh, boil some broccoli, get it like al dente, kind of crisp, you know, half-boiled broccoli, toss that in there. Did I mention eggs? You need eight eggs, I think, for this recipe. Then you whisk it up in a bowl, and then you dump it into like a like a pan. Then you put it into the oven, 450 degrees Celsius, for like 20 minutes, you know. Oh, yeah, and you put some Parmesan in there if you like, whatever types of cheese you like. I put Parmesan. <sighs> Beautiful little frittata. Then you take it out, and you put some Parmesan on top, and then you put it back in so it gets that golden crisp top layer. Yeah. The whole process takes like, you know, 40 minutes or so. Then you have a frittata. I had a beautiful Thanksgiving frittata. I'm going to post a picture of that on the website. I fed the birds. Yes, I did. I went out and I fed the birds. Um, You know, I'll post a picture. Um, And again, I was getting annoyed. There's this fucking bonehead douchebag. He kept milling about. So it's like, obviously the birds are chilling out, having fucking bird snacks, eating fucking bird seed. This fucking idiot's like pacing back and forth on his cell phone. And every time he would walk towards me, the birds would fly away. And every time he fucked off, the birds would come back. I'm talking a flock. I'll show a picture. And um, it's like, again, with people, it's like, what don't you understand about fucking personal boundaries and space and decency? Why do I have to explain this to you, you fucking idiot? I'm obviously sitting here quietly feeding the birds. You're interrupting me. You're interrupting the birds. Can't you just fuck off? There's all this open space. We're literally sitting in a field. There's this like um, nice little parquet by my house. And there's like some benches. And, um, you know, it's a nice little spot to go chill. There's some trees. And then there's an open field. There's literally an open field of space. This asshole's milling about, blabbing on his cell phone, bothering me, bothering the birds. You know? Ugh. Maybe that it's just too early in the morning, 4.12 a.m. That's why I'm whining so much. But, you know, I try to be thankful and I try not to let these bozos get into my brain. And um, we're going to leave this on a very funny note. Um, Not by me, (laughs) obviously. But um, there's this wicked article, a very funny um, article that I read this morning. Um, Where do we have it? Um, Okay. Um, Yes. Let me out. Dead man pranks funeral goers with pre-recorded message. (laughs) Let me out. Dead Man Pranks Funeral Goers with Pre-Recorded Message. This article is from globalnews.ca, written by Josh K. Elliott. He who laughs last laughs best, even if it's from beyond the grave. An Irishman, an Irishman who died last week, managed to play one final prank on friends and family at his funeral, using a pre-recorded message that played shortly after his coffin was lowered into the ground. 
Let me out! Shay Bradley can be heard shouting from the grave in a video posted by his daughter, Andrea, on Sunday. It's fucking dark in here! Let me out! He can be heard saying between sounds of knocking on wood. Let me out! I'm in a box! I'm in a box! <laughs> Moores can be seen can be seen cracking up as Bradley complains about his final resting place in occasionally vulgar terms. Is that the priest I can hear? He says, let me out! Let me the fuck out! (laughs) The minute-long message ends with Bradley singing a tune from U.S. country singer Larry Boone. I just called to say goodbye, he says. Bradley, 62, was a father and grandfather and veteran of the Irish Defence Force who died on October 8th in Kilmanagh. Never heard of it. Ireland, according to his obituary. Surely, surely it's a beautiful place. Forgive my ignorance. His family members said it was a fitting end of a fun-loving man. All he ever wanted was to make people laugh and smile, and that's exactly what he got. Bradley's granddaughter, Chloe Kieran told Independent. His daughter, Andrea, also celebrated his final prank in a series of tweets. He had a bigger-than-life personality and wanted to make us all laugh instead of mourn when leaving the cemetery, she tweeted on Sunday. She added that the message played from a speaker near his grave, not from inside the coffin itself. And uh, Bradley's son, Jonathan, says he helped record the message and arranged the prank a year ago while Bradley was fighting a major illness. He wanted something special for the everyone to remember him as he was so that... <clears throat> he wanted something special and for everyone to remember him as he was so that... What? See, again. This is why these fucking... Ugh. It's a, it's a poorly written fucking thing. It's hard. He wanted something special and for everyone to remember him as he was so that everyone, especially my mother, did not leave the graveside somber, Jonathan told BBC News. He says he didn't realize the video was being recorded until he saw the reaction his sister Andrea's post under the hashtag, hashtag Shay's last laugh. Love you forever, Papa Bear, she wrote. So yeah, this prankster, you know, does this very loving, um, endearing little prank on his family and friends. <laughs> Let me out of here! I'm I'm trapped in the box. <laughs> uh, you know, and um, you know that's you know that's a that's a fun, endearing little story of um, you know, a lot of my philosophy. It's like you know we're here for a good time, not a long time. So um, sh- the sun is shining. The weather is sweet, yeah. You, you can't take things so fucking seriously. And, uh, you know, joke around a little bit, have a little fun, crack a couple gags, a couple kutfaws, a couple chuckles, and um, that's life, you know? Let me out of here! It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on this magnificent October 16th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Um, I'm available on all platforms, YouTube, Facebook, uh, iTunes, Spotify, do hit me up there, and do hit me up with an email, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com, want to tell me something, questions, qualms, queries, whatever it is, 
I got some very interesting things coming up this week in regards to my acting career. Just a cool little step forward. I'm going to bring you into that information next episode. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. You live it, you love it, you realize it. All right. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.